right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your romance novel veteran. And I am the virgin. And we're your hosts. So we have a few more patrons to shout out. You guys, they just keep coming. We're so Uh glad for all the support. We've got the sticker, which should be coming soon, soon soonish being uh, a few months. But (laughs) we're so thankful for everybody. So we want to give some more shout outs here. And we're going to start with Tracy Brown. Thank you so much for your support. And then Elizabeth Dupre. Thank you for your support. Monica. Thank you for your support. Monica Vandora. Uh, Ilona Toth. Kay Miller. Nahali P. Siana Hart. Julie D'Angelo. And Julia Markovic, who I believe may have just joined today. Oh, that's exciting. She did. She joined today. So the newest welcome, that'll be a nice surprise for her if she listens to this, that, hey, I got to mm-hmm. shout out immediately. That's the turnaround yeah. time. Now we're all caught up. So yes, you'll get every, yeah. if you're still waiting and you wanted a shout out now, there's going to be less to shout out. So we'll be able to spend more time on each person. Yes. Yes. We'll be able to spell the names out. <laughs> Which will be fun. We'll each do a letter instead of each doing a name. That's, you know, I think that's, I think the names are great and we can just stick to that for now. Okay. That's your way of saying that's excessive. And I understand. (laughs) You figured out how to speak to me, which is just don't call what I say stupid. Just keep on moving. (laughs) All right. Well, this week we also read... Per your request, Clayton, you wanted a Western this week, and so we read a Western. Boy, how do uh, we did. We read The Texans Wager, which is Wife Lottery Number 1 by Jody Thomas. Um, let's judge this cover. Yeah, so it looks like there's only one cover to this book. I know. And it's so funny because I feel like, you know, I read this book so early in my reading of romance and I loved it so much that I mm-hmm. just assumed it was like a super popular beloved book Yeah, because I loved it. There's no reason for me to believe that. And I think maybe it isn't as popular as it is in my heart. Um, yeah, because there's only the one cover. It hasn't been re-released. And it's a very, and it's been out for almost 20 years. It was released in 20, uh, 2002. Mm-hmm. And I the cover's fine. Yeah, it's, uh, what would, what are those? They're flowers? Birds. There's like flowers, and then there's like little birds in the flowers. Yeah. And it's got Jody Thomas up at the top, and then the, the Texans Wager right mm-hmm. there. And then there's also uh, writing, right? That, the picture that that you sent on the on the show notes is too small for me to read what the pull quote is on the front. It says The Queen of Texas Romances by Midwest Book Review. I love that. Now, mm-hmm. Aaron, can I ask a question, a serious question? Okay. Do do, do we do we ever have to read a contemporary ever again? <laughs> and 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 I, I know that's like I was wondering whether I was going to say this or not, because, mm-hmm. of course, there's great contemporaries. We've read a ton. But there's just something about these type of books 
that just hit me harder and they just right. suck me in deeper. Like, okay, so our main character here, and I'll get into what the, the, the book is about. Our hero, Carter, he at McCoy is a, a guy whose parents were murdered and he was sleeping in the bed with his dead family and barely talks and has never experienced anything with a woman before right Mm -hmm. and 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 enters a wife lottery which we'll get into in order to get married and then bailey our heroine is uh get uh her and 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 two of her gal pals are almost killed well they're thrown they're 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 thrown off a train uh, uh they're almost killed by Zeb Whitaker they kill him quote unquote and then they're going to maybe get hung and then they have to be in this wife lottery and all this to say there's so much more inherent drama there than mm-hmm. say a book about a girl who left town uh, after her boyfriend broke up with her and then after nine years she's mad because he ignored her Facebook friend request. Like, I know that sounds catty, but... Right. There, there, and it is catty. Uh, it doesn't sound catty. I'm being catty right now. But yeah, yeah. In, in my... It, just for me... It's so much more pleasurable when there's actual stakes. And I we say this every time we read any historicals, that the stakes are just higher. And it might be because there's distance between these problems and contemporary problems. The weight is heavier with history than it is with present day. Yeah. Well, and I also think that there is a difference between older romances and newer romances where it seems like older romances were very heavy in plot. And there's always like quite a lot going on. Like, and in this book, obviously I love this book. I mean, it's no secret. Um, But it did feel like everything that was happening was always kind of informing the couple and informing the relationship. But there was always a lot going on Mm -hmm. versus, I think, more like contemporary romances or more romances that are written today. There tends to be like one thing going on, maybe two. I have noticed that kind of with a lot of contemporaries at the moment where the big like the big problem of the book is that they meet in a funny way. Like contemporaries seem to be very focused right now on like the meet cute. And then there's kind of nothing after that. So it's like, you know, I was reading this book that's going to come out in a few months and it's about this couple and they meet because she's having a bad day and he rescues her on the train. And then somebody like tweets about it and then they become this like, you know, internet couple but that's it and there's nothing after that of like okay well why do they need to be together or why do they want to be together and they can't it's just sort of like isn't that funny that how they met and it's like i guess so but it doesn't seem like it seems like a novella instead of a full book yeah and 
And that's the problem that I think is like plaguing contemporary romances is it's not about enough. Because when I think back to the romances that I've loved, the contemporaries that I've loved, they've been like fairly complex. Mm -hmm. And it's like I think of um, Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne. And that book is a contemporary, but it is really about two people trying to overcome a lot of their own issues and navigate life and navigate adulthood and navigate these really big, big questions while falling in love. And so it's such an enjoyable book to read versus a lot of these contemporaries that are just like, what if these two people met in a wacky way? And that seems to be like how the author has sold the book. And then it's like, okay, but now, but now what? (laughs) Like, you know? you know, yeah, you know what it is. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna back, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit here. I'm gonna step back on contemporary in general. I think, I think really what, because obviously, like we love Kate and her books are amazing, and right. so many other authors that write contemporaries that we love. Right. I think what I'm talking about is rom coms. Right. I don't think we should read any rom-coms. I agree. Yeah, because then I'm thinking, too, of, like, Kennedy Ryan's books are, like, transformatively good. So amazing. And she only writes contemporaries. And she writes contemporary sports, which, like, God, what do I care less about than sports? Exactly. But it she, is... Yeah, she, like, does this <laughs> magic trick. She's yeah, like, what could but be, I'm going to do really heavy themes. And then what's something that women don't really have much in? I and mean, this is probably like, you know, obviously I'm painting with a broad brush. But what's what's something that they're they're not as interested in as as, as men would be in and, and sports is one of those things. Right. Uh, right. Like, but I eat her what stuff if her, up. Yeah. I would be I would I wouldn't be surprised if she could write a great contemporary about uh, online poker players <laughs> you know what i mean right. like just when you're a skillful a skillful author you can do those types of things right and naima simone too like hers are so good yeah so there are wonderful contemporaries so i don't want to say no we're not reading any more contemporaries yeah but i agree these kind of these rom-coms it's like you just you got to give us something more Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is that it's when it's just these kind of like meat cutes, which we've read a bunch of those. It's just not it's not delivering in the no. way that I think. Yeah. Historicals tend to just be about more, not everyone. And obviously there's been historicals we haven't loved. But like, yeah, you're you're already adding in constraints where I think that is the difficulty about writing contemporary is like they're aren't many constraints nowadays for like what is going to keep two people apart and, I and think, you have to believe that these two people are going to be kept apart but then ultimately going to come together and that just isn't it's hard to do like guys writing romance is very hard <laughs> yes and 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 i think that the other thing is the transportation of books mm-hmm. how a book can transport me and historicals transport me uh, uh, Westerns transport me to a time and a place and a way of life that I'm not familiar with. Now, contemporaries right. can do that as well, of course. Different people's backgrounds, different places in the world, those things can transport you, but not as much to me. And of course, like we say, this is absolutely my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that anything is better than anything else. 
It's just what I prefer to read. There's plenty of people who want to uh, read a rom-com because that's what they enjoy and that's what transports them and that's their prerogative and, and great for them because just read. Uh, reading is one of the greatest things that I'm lucky enough to be able to be really adept at, you know, and mm-hmm. it was fostered in me at a very young age, which, you know, I think is such an amazing gift to be a guy who was, uh, you know, able and able to and incentivized to read a lot and not a yeah. lot of guys read. So I'm lucky to be able to have these things that I can you know, uh, uh, just have a book in my back pocket at all times and be able to be transported anytime I want. It's amazing. And so right. and whatever think, does yeah. that for you does it for you. But I, 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 you know, I think maybe we're on the same page here where it's like, I think we just cut out the rom-coms. I can't yeah. do it. Right. And there are so many amazing historicals too that we need to read. And I, we definitely need to go back and revisit Beverly Jenkins there's like 12 of her books that I know that we need to do and stuff so we can definitely stay more into the uh historicals but no I I think there are going to be contemporaries that come along that are worth reading that are exciting like Taking the Heat was so much fun great great book I I mean yeah I agree I think especially with us and you know we've been doing this a while and we really put in the effort um you know and around this time last year we were talking about what to do with the podcast um, and I don't know if we've mentioned that we were thinking of like maybe stopping, but we realized sort of the joy that we do get out of it. And I think, you know, moving on, it's like we're only going to really be reading books that we think will bring us joy, you yeah. know, or that we're excited to read because that's more interesting for you guys too. Like, we don't like it when we hate a book. It's awful. We feel bad. I get a stomach ache thinking about the author listening to the episode. And so, you know... Yeah, yes. I'm fine to stick more towards historicals and then every once in a while have a contemporary sneak in. I mean, that's fine by me. And that's another reason, too, is that I think we're both in that that camp of we are not here to hurt people's feelings. We are not here right. to destroy a book, tear a book apart. We're, we're not we're, we're not here to clown on people's creative endeavors and their heart and their soul that they put into books. And mm-hmm. I think reading things that we're more inclined to like will make the experience better for everyone. Right. And that's a very long-winded way of saying that I love this book (laughs) and I had, you know, I I was pretty busy because I was doing, you know, I was, uh, you know, helping out with this project. I was doing other stuff and I knew I had to read this book and, you know, anything that I have to do, I always hate having to do until I start doing it. And as soon as I started reading this book, I was hooked. I was like, yes, this is this is what I need. This is the transportation I need at the moment to really take me to a place that is taking me away from the other stuff I have to do in a positive way, giving me a respite. Yeah. And I read this book so quickly mm-hmm. so fast and i've already started on this i've already read all the books in the series but like i've already started reading sarah's book which is the next book just because i loved being in this world so much but this was like a longer book on average than we read but i like was done in two days i plowed through i was done like saturday morning 
You know what's um, fu- so so just I think I went over a little bit of what this book is about. Oh yeah, let's just do that real quick then. Should yeah, we just we'll do so it's Carter yeah. Carter McCoy, Bailey Moore. What happens is Bailey and Lacey and Sarah all are uh heading towards uh Texas and they run into Zeb Whitaker, who's a bad guy, who wants to take their carriage and their oxen and wants to pay for it, but they don't want to give it to him. He's threatening violence, and Bailey has to hit him over the head with a board, and she thinks she killed him. And she had been she had been accused of murder before, and then Sarah does a cool thing, which is hit him over the head again and say, we murdered him. Mm-hmm. And Lacey's like, what? <laughs> I guess I murdered him too. And, uh, and so then they, sh- they wind up uh, at, in, in jail because they turn themselves in. And uh, uh, Harmon Riley, who's the sheriff, he has an idea where if they pay, if they can find men to pay the fines for the uh, murder <laughs> uh, pretty much the women can go free but they would have to marry those those people which is such a bizarre conceit and the mm-hmm. fact that and it may have happened back in the day but the fact that I was all in on this and like okay cool this is great <laughs> shows how great of a writer that uh, that uh, uh, Jody Thomas is, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that when they first get, go into their they're in uh, jail, prison, I guess whatever the holding cell, and Riley's basically taking orders. <laughs> they're like, "Can you leave the cage open so we can come in and out?" And do you have any soap? Do you have any of this? It was really funny that he was just going along with all the stuff that they were asking. But uh, yeah, and then this book also has Piper, who is a deaf girl that was in a train wreck after uh, there was a, a, a robbery murder on the train. And there's, I mean, a kid being in this book, usually I hate Mm -hmm. kids in books, and this defied that stereotype too. But obviously, you had read read this before? Yeah. Okay. I read it before and I loved loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, you go. No, are you done? Is that the the Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much, there's more to it, obviously, we'll get into, because then there's... Uh, some Romany that show up. Mm-hmm. They're not referred to that way, but we'll refer to them that way. Right. Um, well, because the thing about Carter, too, is his mother's deaf and his father is hearing. But basically, oh, so he, yeah, he grew up in a deaf household. So he signs. I, I, I don't know when ASL started. Mm-hmm. But I think because before ASL, like when it was like Helen Keller... It was like they would do you would do symbols in the palm of someone's hand and that's how you would talk. So it wasn't like the sign language that we see now. But uh, anyway, he had he would sign. And so after his parents were murdered in like a raid because it was like, you know, their um, homestead was sort of out 
a little bit by itself. And um, like robbers just came by and took everything. Like Carter just became very isolated because obviously he was terrified of it happening again. He basically booby trapped his whole house and created like this underground, these underground, like an underground apartment basically where he lived. Um, And yeah. And so I just loved him as a character too, because it's just interesting. You know, he wasn't raised to speak necessarily. Like obviously he can speak and he did speak, but it wasn't his go-to. His go-to was just like to kind of be quiet, which I just found like just such an interesting character trait. Yes, absolutely. I have a big question. So Bailey, Lacey, and Sarah are thrown off the wagon train because Sarah is very sick and they're afraid of this, the fever taking over her. Like the, the fever is going to spread to the other parts of the wagon train. Bailey lets Sarah stay with her. And then also Lacey, they're like, she's maybe a witch because everyone she takes care of dies. But I'm <laughs> yeah. like, also, she's 15. Like, yes. what do you want from a f- random ass 15 year old? Like, she's not going to know, like, first aid. Anyway, so. Like we said, so then they're in the prison. They're running ragged over um, Riley, the sheriff, and sort of like telling what to do. And I think he really starts to care for the women. And that's why ultimately he's like, well, we couldn't find Zeb's body. And who knows? And like, we're desperate for women out here. Nobody can get married. So they do the wife lottery. So Sarah goes, then Lacey goes, and then Bailey's the last one. Mm-hmm. And when I read the book this time, there's something, something stood out to me. In that Bailey takes the name out of the hat and just hands it to Riley without looking at it. And then Riley hesitates and then he calls Carter's name. Now, Riley and Carter are friends. Do you think that Carter's name was really on that paper? That's a great question. And if it wasn't that... Because Carter even does say, oh, I wonder how I won. Yeah. So I do there that there, there is there could be that element where uh Riley knew okay Carter needs a a female touch. He needs love. He needs somebody. Mm-hmm. Because he's so isolated and also knows he's he's the best option. That's what I thought too because like at that stage he knows Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know, he's spent a few days with her. Obviously, he has known Carter since he was a child because yeah. Riley was the one that found Carter after his parents died. Yeah. And knows so Carter is like a, yeah, like a kind hearted, good person who would be a good husband. I don't know. There's, I don't know that I thought that the first time I read the book, but this time reading it, I was like, oh, Carter's name, I don't think is on the paper. Like, I think he was just like, no, Carter and you are going to be the best together. I don't know. Yeah. That's just my little theory. Yeah, but but there is also his his little poem on there though. Oh yeah, because they have to write letters. So then the men all have to write a letter to the woman, like why they should marry him. And so mm-hmm. Carter's like, I don't know what to say to a woman. I don't talk to women. He doesn't even know like that the hookers in town are hookers. Yeah, and... it was yeah. <laughs> and what is his poem? You say it, Clayton. Oh, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but. Be my wife all my life. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, it's a good poem. Yeah, it's great. It's very, very sweet. I love Carter. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's such a... It's... He's an interesting character because nowadays, somebody who's so unsocialized and knows nothing about a woman, like, those 
it could easily be a really bad character mm-hmm. who does bad things. But I think Carter is just so obviously a quiet, solitary stand-up guy that it, it works for me. And it doesn't seem weird when he he kind of follows Bailey's lead sexually, but also is taking the initiative a little bit. I thought their mm-hmm. initial dalliances with each other were so hot. Just because of all the weight in that, where he it yeah. was like his first experience with this stuff. And he was so, so... I don't want to say desperate because that makes it seem negative, but so hungry for affection and so hungry to be able to be with a woman that there was like so much power in the, in in all of the touching that happens. Even the first couple kisses he gets are so electrifying to him. And, you know, the way he was with Piper and, you know, singing with his hands all those things, his living underground, which is my dream. I mean, I would definitely live in in, in his little underground room. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how it works, like what he like what is happening down. Like, is it just dug out, or do you think there's like bo- boards and stuff up there? I mean, I think it. I think he dug it out, didn't he? Yeah. And I think there might be other stuff going on down there. Like, he might have fixed it up. But I think he definitely, you know, once what happened to his parents happened to his parents, he was like, I need a place that is, you know, I can go to no matter what and feel safe. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, because the thing is, is, like, he and Bailey don't spend much time together. But I also love, like, he doesn't say, he's in so much shock when he wins the lottery. He doesn't say anything to her. Mm -hmm. And then he... um, and then he's like, now I've gone too long not saying anything to her that whatever I do say to her has to be something big, but I don't know what to say that's going to like mean something. It's going to be important. He just like gets in his own head so much about yeah. about everything. And I just find it really, really sweet. Um, and so he kisses her or she kisses him on the cheek because she's kind of like, well, I'm just going to kind of act like the other married people I see in my town and hope for the best. Yeah. And um and then that's his first words to her where he's just like, uh, I liked it when you kissed me. <laughs> yeah. And then she gets all shy about it. But it's it's really, I don't, it's just such a really like very, very sweet book about just kind of these two people who also like really want that connection desperately. And there isn't necessarily this holding back like um, that can sometimes happen in these books, you know, where it's like, oh, I can't have children despite my father or something it's like but these are two people who are like kind good people who really really want to 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 connect with each other and want to be loved and love each other and two people who also haven't experienced it for a lot of their lives so it's like yeah it's just a gorgeous it's really a gorgeous book that's like really fun to read yeah and then when they think which turns out to be true that zeb is not dead there's the idea that all the guys who won the lottery are going to get their money back and then they won't be married anymore. And right. she does not want that to happen. Yeah, she's terrified that he's going to like 
if he gets the money back and then he'll like want to return her which i think it never even crosses carter's mind he's like no, no we're married for life and this is it um it is sweet when he hears about the um the train robbery explosion accident thing and finds out that there's a girl who was going to the the Guadet school in New Haven and he immediately just like gets up and leaves he's like got to go mm-hmm. it just shows who he is you know he's terrified to leave his town he's like very much a hermit he's very afraid of leaving his his you know fortress but then yeah. when somebody needs him he goes immediately and then i think it's very sweet that he's like he wants to tell Bailey about the underground passage, but he's like the way she keeps inviting people into the house. Like she's going to tell everybody about the secret rooms. I know. I know. I was so terrified that there was going to be like 19 people partying in his underground safe space. (laughs) But no, she doesn't know about it for a long time. And also, yeah. Then so when she's coming back, she has to like jump on the train and, the Romy are the one who find her and they, you know, she invites basically like, yeah, 20 people back to the house to help out, which ends up working out because they do the whole harvest for her. They really help out around the house. They do. They do. But it's a shock. It's a shock to someone like Carter. And it would be a shock to somebody like me. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have, and it wasn't long enough or detailed enough, unfortunately, but we do have a scene that is one of my favorite tropes which is Uh a shaving scene. Oh, yes. Because he initially shaves himself for the first time, cuts his face to ribbons, bleeds all over the place, and then she ends up shaving him later. But we don't really go into detail uh, too much, and I'm upset about it. (laughs) Because there's nothing more intimate than a woman shaving you. Yeah. With, like, a straight razor. Well, I love that part, too, because basically, like, she sort of gets overwhelmed with kissing him. And so she lies and says, like, oh, your beard was scratching me. That's why I stopped kissing you. Not that, like, whatever. She was overwhelmed with emotion. Mm -hmm. So then he goes and he tries to shave, but he's never shaved before in his life. And so he just, like, cuts his face up himself. (laughs) So then she's trying to, like, patch him up. And he basically, like, pulls her onto his lap. Like, that scene was amazing. And they start, like, making out. Oh, and he seemed like such a mountain of a man, too. I know. Just Big a guy. silent, sweet mm-hmm. mountain of a man who sings to deaf children with his hands. Like, come on. This guy was killing me. Oh, I, for, I've had no doubt in my mind that you would be a huge Carter fan. Okay, I'm glad. Yeah, he's the best. Honestly, like, sometimes when I suggest books to you, I do get very nervous. I'm like, oh, what do you think? This is a book I love. But for some reason, this book, I was like, no, nah, this is Clayton all over it. Like, Clayton's going to freaking love this. Yeah. When they were uh, getting intimate, he, you know, he was really try he's really trying to focus on what she liked and what she wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just like a great quality. Yeah. Right. Because that's the thing, too, is he is a virgin, as yes. is she. And so them having, se- I think, like two virgins having sex can always be like a, a dicey. But. It's really sweet because they do both have such longing for each other. And, you know, after they do it the first time, Bailey's like, do you think we did it right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very cute. Um, and it's like you did it right for you, the two of you. And, like, uh-huh. I love that idea, too, right, where if, you know, in men's minds, they 
they are always worried that they're going to not know immediately mm-hmm. what to do. And then so that makes them aggressive and makes them plow through and not focus on what the the woman likes. Obviously, this is very binary. You know, this has just been my experience, right? Yeah. That's the thing, too. And it's like, honestly, it's like just paying attention to the person that you're with is the yeah. thing that's most important. And I think sometimes, yeah, that gets lost if you're mm-hmm. trying so hard, like too hard to focus on something else or focusing on... um. Um, yeah, doing a good job, I guess, as opposed to like being present and in the moment, which I think is the thing that's more important, obviously. Yeah, it's like if you're trying to hit a home run, but the other person isn't playing baseball, (laughs) you're not gonna, it's not gonna work. Yeah. I mean, I like action in historicals and especially uh, Westerns. So I love Mm -hmm. that there was shootouts and guns and, and people were bleeding and everything. I thought that was really cool. And like you said, every situation opened the eyes of Bailey or Carter to the kind of person their husband or wife was. Right. So that action meant something, had consequences for our lovers. And that is something so important that people forget. Right. That's what I think happens sometimes is people too much are focusing on like, well, I have to make this exciting and action adventure. But it's like everything needs to be in service of the couple always, Mm -hmm. every side relationship and everything. So, you know, because even like Lacey, who is Bailey's best friend, like he she really was able to open up Carter because she just like is somebody who is so unabashedly herself and so desperate to love and be loved that she was like, oh, you married my best friend, so now we're family. And she would, like, hug him every time she seated him and kiss Mm. him on the cheek and be really warm to him, I think, in a way that he was not used to. And so, obviously, that's not his relationship with Bailey necessarily, but it's showing, like, through her, his life is getting bigger and more rich. And that's, you know, that's what you want to see with these couples. Well, you know what? And there's another – I think that's uh, another thing that resonated with me with Carter was that – you know, one of the initial reasons for us to start this podcast, at least on my end, was because I did say there was like a lack of romance in my life, a lack of, you know, um, that sort of attention, that sort of feeling. I have a lot of love in my life, obviously. My friends are great. My family's great. But the romantic side of it and, mm-hmm. you know, to see somebody starved for that, like Carter, and then receiving it is so aspirational. And even, that's the thing, it's like, yeah, Bailey and him had a sexual relationship, but even someone like Lacey, like you said, who's giving him a kiss on the cheek, who's being sweet to him, that that is something that is so important for mental health and physical health, Mm -hmm. is to be able to, like, touch and uh, be close to people. And so I, I just really it just it just made me feel like really warm, and it, it, it's cold now in the city, which I love. I was walking around all day, freezing my ass off. I love it, <laughs> but this book, I would you know I would be outside or somewhere you know all bundled up reading this, and it just kept me warm. Yeah, it's great. 
So, guys, read this book. I, like you said, it's it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of slept on a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the new, sexy, you know, uh, the, uh, book of the moment. But I think it's so worthwhile. Yeah, and I think this book, you know, it's not like a super spicy book. They have like sex once at the end, but it is but they that sort it. of. I know, but that sort of like longing and yes. them really wanting each other and like trying to navigate their feelings. But like when they do start making out or something, it is super hot. So it's not like it's obviously it's not a spicy book. It's pretty tame. But I do think it has that thing about romance that I love where it's it is that like longing or that like, oh, my God, if these people don't make out, I'm going to lose it, you know, in a yeah. way that's like so much. I feel like that is even like so much hotter than books that are just about like. They just have sex a ton. It's like, all right, I don't yes. know. Without it being and, earned, it just isn't as interesting. And I love the ki- the conceit of one month. Mm-hmm. One month, and then they'll start acting like a married couple in the sense of sleeping in the same bed and all that. And of course, a lot of things happen where they break those rules a little bit, right? They like inch past the lines a lot of times. But once it's like we've been married for a month, and then they're able to. Do and they almost fuck in the prison cell, mm-hmm. in the jail cell. Oh, that the was prison, great. Jail is. I always forget the difference. I think it's jail. Jail is where you go for a few days, possibly more. Mm-hmm. Prison is where you're sent away for a long time. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, they're they're in jail, and but they don't want to fuck in the jail cell, which is great because yeah, you don't want your first time to be in the jail cell, <laughs> unless you well, do, cause... unless you do, and then you do. Yeah. Well, I think. Oh, yeah, because that's the thing is the, like, deputy sheriff comes. There's, like, a lot of plot going on, guys. We're not going to explain exactly why these things happen, but just know they happen. Somebody comes and they accuse. Just know they happen. <laughs> they happen. Read the book. I mean, guys, obviously read the book. But the the deputy sheriff comes and arrests Carter because they think that he stole Zeb's gold because he has a bunch of gold. But in actuality, it's just that, like, he's been paid for a ton of stuff his entire life and he's literally never spent any money on anything. So Yeah, he only have, like, one slice of bread even yeah. when he can afford to have it. Right. So he just has money because if you never spend money, then you have money. So, um, but when Bailey asks him, did you do it? And he looks at her and it's like, I never asked you, like, did you kill him? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was heartbreaking. So then she gets herself put in jail with him. And um, yeah. And then that that whole night was so interesting, too, because he's still so angry at her yeah. for doubting him. But he at this stage loves her and wants to be with her. And he's like trying to figure out all these emotions. Like, How can I be so angry at her? But I need to keep her safe. But this and that. And yeah, it was, it was such a great book guys. It's amazing. Yeah. And so, I mean, the big question, which I think is a no brainer. Would you fuck Uh them? Yes. Obviously both. Yeah. I'd fuck them both. Yeah. Well, I do also want to just kind of like mention, and this isn't about this book in particular, but I do think, you know, we talked about reading Westerns in the Facebook troop and somebody did bring up that they are, as an indigenous woman, it was very difficult for her to read because the representation was obviously, it's abhorrent in most of these Westerns. And it's tough. It's like a minefield. But I will say like here, there isn't any talk about Native Americans at all or indigenous people. And, you know, it is a fairly safe book as far as that goes. I think there's a lot of like that's the problem I think with us reading westerns is between 
um, Confederate soldiers, um, yeah. you know, which is rough. And then also the treatment and representation of Native Americans. It can be really dicey. But I think this is a book that if you, if those things are a no-go for you, but you still want to try a Western, this book is, you know, safe from both. And Although they do, then, yeah. they are, you know, they do use the G word mm-hmm. when they refer to uh, Romani people, but they're not shown in a in a bad light. Right, exactly. I think that's more just like it's, uh, the way they would have been referred to at the time. And obviously now we know better, we say different things, but like, but they, they're treated very much with respect and it's not any sort of negative betrayal. All right. All right. So should we do Goodreads list? Oh, we better. So this is on a ton of lists, which is good. I'm trying to tell, like, if this is a popular book or not. If it's not, it needs to be a popular book. It's fantastic. Carter McCoy, it should be one of, like, the main heroes we talk about. He's, he's up so there. For, he's up there for me. I will yeah. definitely say he's up there for me. Um. So first, favorite historical Western romance novels. I would say. I mean, you've read way more than I have, but uh-huh. I like this a lot. I, You know, but I've liked every Western that we've read. I know. I have a lot of favorite Westerns, but this is definitely up there. Deaf, mute, speechless, romance heroes, and heroines. So, technically, he is not deaf, mute, but uh, he does not speak a lot. He, I mean, right. So, technically, he's not on this list, but I will give it a pass because it, people should read this book. Right. Um, best romantic beta heroes. Um, you know, we don't really like the alpha beta stuff, really, but I guess you could see him as a beta hero. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah, because he's not, he doesn't, well, yeah, this debate is, is always such a, a pain in the butt because, he, you know, she does have to say, don't, don't pull me away when, when you think something bad's happening. I'm going to be next to you. I want, you know, so he does yeah. have like alpha tendencies, but I think it's also more just he's not an alpha hole, which is one of those things which is usually the sign of a, a an alpha. He's like a soft person, I think. You know. Yeah. Um, historical romance, marriage of convenience slash arranged marriage. Yes. Gentle giants and romance. Yeah. Dusty best historical western romance novels. Yes. You know what's a good list. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this, it'd be uh, I have some dust in my eye. Oh. <laughs> best historical Western uh, romance novels that make you cry. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, reclusive romance heroes. Yes. Best humorous historical romances. This was yeah. funny. Yeah, it, it had a good sense of humor, which mm-hmm. I like. Romance novels to re- reread again and again. I'll, I'll definitely yes. reread sections of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Shy male leads. Mm-hmm. He's very shy. Odd couples, opposites attract in romance novels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah but I, I don't think they're total opposites. I do think it's like, you know, very talkative and not talkative. And so there are mm-hmm. opposites there. Uh, but so it's yeah. like outgoing and not out as a yeah. I guess that counts. Tortured heroes of historical romance. Yeah, I'd say he's tortured. Virgin heroes, historical first, last, and only. 
Yeah. Farmers in romance. He's a he's a fruit farmer. He is a farmer. Um. Oh, I love how he talks about how she shows up and immediately names all the animals, and he's yeah. like, "I'm gonna draw. I'm gonna draw a line at the chickens." Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, she names the dogs that are under his porch. Yeah. Um, best Western historical romance books that are not clean. What does that mean? Just that. Well, is this corner sort of like uh, archaic idea that like clean is there's no sex in the book and dirty means there is sex in the book. Okay. There's That's sex in the book, so. Not clean. The way we Saved- like it. <laughs> saved from the noose romance. Yeah, she's saved from the noose. Best reconcil- reconciliation romance books. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tear jerker romance novels that jerk the tears right out of you. Now, I've yet to actually, really actually cry, said actually uh-huh. twice, in, in, during uh, the reading of a romance novel. But this book did get me in a, an emotional place, I will say. Yeah. I, I didn't jerk. It didn't jerk any tears out of me, but I definitely was. I guess uh, I guess there was some some salty water kind of slushing around in my in my head doing it. All right. Um, practical heroines in romance novels. Yes. Yeah, she loves to plan. Mm-hmm. She loves to uh, get things in order. A big, big smile after reading. I would say so, yeah. Oh, totally. My dream leading men. I yeah. love Carter, yep. Family by heart, hero or heroine involved with orphans or orphanage or orphan train. Orphan train. Mm-hmm. What does that refer to? An orphan train is back in the day during hyper-industrialization on the East Coast, a lot of children lost their parents, um, and so they would be homeless on the street. So what they started doing is they would take gather up all the orphan kids from like New York City and Boston and put them on a train and bring them out west and then come into these small western towns, and then you could come and you could adopt a child from the train. Wow. So it's kind of like when... They have those uh, dogs out uh, in those vans by, you know, uh, uh, on the street in New York, and you can just adopt one right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, very similar to that. It's very sim- it was very similar to that. It was, like, because a lot of times, too, it's like these people would be working on farms, so you'd want to have a lot of kids to help on the farm and stuff like that. Obviously, there was a lot of abuse that ended up happening from it, but... Yeah. You, yeah, don't want, you didn't want to end up train. on an orphan train. Well, sometimes you did. I mean, sometimes people would put their children on the orphan train just because they thought maybe they would get a better life. Yeah. The the orphan but, lottery. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, basically... Yeah, you're so knowledgeable, Aaron. You, I'll ask these things, and you'll you'll go straight into. <laughs> well, yeah, back in this time, I love it. It's great. I always learn something. That's good. But anyway, so there's an orphan in this book, Piper. Piper, yes. Uh, men who take care of their women. Yeah. Honorable heroes, no rakes, no cheaters. Yeah. Nope. I can't imagine Carter ever cheating. That would be insane. That would be the women- crazy throw themselves at him and he's just sort of like all right she's a nice girl i don't understand what she's doing right now yeah oh that was my favorite too because there he 
you know, after taking care of the girl, there's like a shootout and Stephanie ends up in a brothel and the, the women are like taking care of the bodies and stuff. And one of the girls, like the young girls who works there ends up going to Cedar Point to see Bailey and whatever. And so she's like, I know your husband. He said, I can come over for dinner, Sunday supper. And Bailey's like, okay, do you really know him? And he's like, she, he's so odd. He didn't even know that he was in a whorehouse. And mm-hmm. Bailey's like, yep, yeah, that was my husband. You got him. Well, cause they would call him the dummy back in the day. Yeah. Well, dummy used to just mean that you couldn't speak. Yeah. But yeah, it's not nice anyway. Um, thieves and outlaws as hero or heroine. Yes, she is an outlaw. And then finally, auctions, sold and gambled romantic heroines slash heroes. Yeah, and I think that's the first time we've had that. Yeah, definitely. She was basically auctioned or lotteried. Uh-huh. There's a book I love. I can't remember the title, but it takes place up in Alaska, and it's another historical. And a guy wins a girl in a um, card game. Her father, like, puts her up. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get together. It's great. Anyway, all right, Clayton, what are your tropes? Well, uh, marriage of convenience, virgin hero, because he's a hero. I mean, he's a virgin. She's a virgin, so virgin heroine. Sad backstory, because he's got a very sad backstory. Hers mm-hmm. isn't great either. She's got a bad dad. So, uh, but, I mean, nothing really beats his, his what he had to go through. Uh, shaving scene, which I just mm-hmm. wish was a little bit more, I, I, I wish was a little bit more in depth. Right. And, yeah, those are my tropes. Aaron, those what are, are your tropes? Um, I have forced proximity. Marriage of Convenience, uh, Silent Hero, Plain Heroine, Lonely Hero, Virgin Hero, Virgin Heroine, Two Virgins, A Hermit Hero, Prisoners in Love, Wife Lottery, and um, Death or Marriage, where she has to decide to either die or get married. Yeah. And that's it. Great. So, Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I go first? (laughs) Yes, I yeah. do go first. Clayton, what has you swooning this week? So, Challenge All-Star Season 2 started last Wednesday? Was it Wednesday? Is it Wednesdays? No, it's Thursdays. Thursday on Paramount Plus is, of course, the MTV, what used to be Real World, Real Rules Challenge, but now that there is no new real world or road rules happening, they can't call it that. But these are some of the older players, the OGs, if you will. They're not all OGs mm-hmm. technically, but players we haven't seen for a while. And season just started two episodes in, and it's great. I love it better than the regular show. The regular show has gotten bogged down with so much bullshit. Anybody who watches the show will know what I'm talking about. Uh, meet me on Reddit if you want to uh, have a conversation about that. No, I don't <laughs> post to the Reddit. I do what's worse, which is lurk. Yeah, I think it's more pathetic to lurk on a Reddit than to uh, actually participate. Because I just read, I just read these posts that are the same shit over and over again, and I can't get enough. Yeah. So, but anyway, uh, I love it. It's the challenge the way it should be. Uh, so challenge all All stars season two this last episode was very emotional 
and uh, I, 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 it jerked a few tears out of me, I'll say. <laughs> so That's I was great. not expecting it, but yeah, I got, I got tear jerked. So that's what I'm swooning about. Nice. Now, now I ask you, Aaron, and now I, I am looking at the show notes. So I will ask you because I just started watching the first season of this show. So if you could not, is there a way to talk about it and not give any spoilers? Yeah. Okay. And I'm I haven't even, you, well, I haven't talking. finished the, the first season, so I don't know what I can even spoil. Oh, great. And, and I, at first when I read this, uh, it said the swooning, and under it, it said you, and I thought, oh, she's swooning about me. And then I was like, oh, no, no. that show. That show. But anyway, Aaron, <laughs> I gave it away. What is what is your swoon? So, well, first I will say I went back to my first full moon party post-pandemic yes. this weekend, which was amazing. Were any and of your nun friends there? No, no, there was no nuns that I ran into. But it was funny because I, my friends and I dressed up like we always do. And we have this like glow in the dark moon we bring. And I think it was a lot of people who didn't come to House of Yes as much anymore because we were one of the very few people in like full costume, which is fine by us. We had a great time. But then people kept asking to get pictures with us, which was mm-hmm. funny. Because I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess so. Why not? So now I'm just like waiting for like, where are these pictures going to show up of me dressed uh, for my full moon party? Anyway. I would say if the Village Voice was still around, you might show up on, on, on uh, in, that, in the pages of that. Uh-huh. But. Maybe. But Brooklyn Vegan, possibly. Who knows? There were also like party photographers there that did keep taking our picture too. So somewhere, who knows, who knows. But it was a lot of fun. If you are in New York, it's the best place to go. Dress up because it's so much more fun when you're dressed up. Um, So that's an aside. But then also I started watching the show You with Penn Badgley because everyone kept um, talking about it. And finally I was like, I thought it was just going to be like kind of silly and stupid. So I was like... I'm like, whatever, I'll watch the first episode. And also, this is very much not a romance. This is It's a very dark show. But, um, and then I loved it. I also found out that Penn Badgley moved around the corner from me. So now we're neighbors. I like to support my neighbors. Um, really? But, uh, yeah. So wait, was, you're not at all freaked out that he uh, moved around the corner from you and could be walking by your window, you know, following you to the coffee shop things like <laughs> watching that. me yeah you, if i look out and pen badgley is watching me watch you i mean that would be a great experience <laughs> that, that would, would be very be fun be he so just walks weird. around peeking into the windows of brownstones to see if they're mm-hmm. watching his show on netflix yeah i would actually that's that would be a cool video to do for something one of those they always have these videos that they do now for like gq and esquire it's like ask me 73 questions or Mm -hmm. eat a full english meal or whatever it should be pen badgley watching you watching you (laughs) yeah that would be great but i don't want to give anything away because i went in fairly blind about the show and i was really blown away it's so good it's so well shot so well acted shay mitchell is there i always love whenever she shows up um yeah it's just it's a really really fun show so if you're looking for just like kind of a fun show to watch i wouldn't say it's great to watch with the family over thanksgiving like Mm -mm. you know retreat to your room say you have a little headache and then start you 
that's the best way to do it, I think. But it's it's, it's really fun. It's really, really well done. And I'm, I'm super excited to keep watching. I won't give you any spoilers because honestly, I'm only on episode like eight. So Okay, I'm only on episode four, I think. So I'm a little oh, behind Oh, so that you. big thing hasn't happened yet? No. <laughs> what could it be? That big plot point? Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's it. So that's you. Um, it, and it, one day I'll swoon about you, Clayton, but. Yeah, I won't hold my breath. Well, you got to do something, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't earned it yet. I'm, that's fair. No. That's fair. It, yeah. Completely fair. So, Erin, uh, yeah. where can they find us? So, um, first, don't forget to rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. That's how people find us. Uh, we really appreciate anyone who's taken the time to do it. Maybe right now, if you're hiding from your family from Thanksgiving dinner, some uncle just said something really weird, and you are walking to, um, you know, put some space, take the time. Just write a little review. We'd really appreciate it. Um we are on Patreon, so if you just search Learning the Tropes on Patreon, you're going to find us. We also are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning the Tropes. We have our Facebook troop, uh, Learning Tropes troop, which you can come and join. And then we have merch linked in the show notes. And then finally, if you want to email us questions or suggestions for books to do in the future or just your thoughts, you can always email us at uh, Learning the Tropes podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and you mentioned Patreon, of course, right? I did, I did. Uh, we got the blue and red alternative colorway logo sticker for anybody who pays over five dollars, mm-hmm. and we're excited. I'm excited. I think they're going to be cool. Like I said, slap them anywhere they're not supposed to be put. Really want them to be used for strictly vandalizing public property or private property as well so definitely yeah. do that that's the way to spread the word as well and yeah i'm i you know we're i'm glad for anybody who listens no matter what they do yeah even if we've never course. heard a peep from them even if they've never given us any any stars nothing like that thank you for supporting us by listening we we love it Well, thanks so much, guys, and we will see you next week. Happy reading. Happy reading.